Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing this weekend's action for Friday and Saturday at Cheltenham. Should make clear that we are recording this on Wednesday night so we don't have the full fields for Saturday but hopefully it won't change too much. But uh, yeah, before we get into things, Katie, um, it doesn't look too bad this weekend at Cheltenham. Some interesting competitive racing looks like it's going to be it looks very good we've had the declarations in for friday um and i think all of the races look quite competitive decent side fields um some horses coming over from ireland as well it looks like a really good card and then we'll look forward to the declarations uh, on saturday but that should shape up well too so i'm really looking forward to it i've got a lot of fancies as well so um no, it should be a really good two days at Cheltenham. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that they'd moved the international hurdle. This used to be known as the international meeting. Um, that's been moved to the trials day, I think, at Cheltenham in January. And they had the Peterborough Chase, which was cancelled last weekend. And I was hoping they, that they were at least going to run it in the week or, or at Cheltenham because we're lacking a real proper graded race. We've got a grade uh, two Albert Bartlett trial we'll talk about, but... It's just competitive handicaps. But to be fair, I don't mind that. But it would have just been nice to see a really classy race this weekend. But we can't have it all the time. But anyway, enough of me moaning. Let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Cheltenham on Friday. It's the Cheltenham Racecourse Food Bank Collection Mayor's Handicap Chase. Competitive field of 13 runners go to post. And Lauma Mason is your favourite for the Irish uh, at 4-1. to one. We've then got Walking Clover next in at 13-2. to Mad About Sally 7s, Royal Margot 8s, Game On For Glory 10s, along with I'm Gonna Be, and Bigger Are The Rest. Now, Katie, I know we were talking about this race earlier on today. Lauma Mason has got some good form over in Ireland. Do you think she's got a favourite chance? Yeah, I really like her. I know she has to carry a hefty weight here, but um, I think she's got the best form in the race. A close second to a, a subsequent group, Ray 3 winner in Safarua off-level weights in a, a Punchestown novice hurdle. She's been disappointing in her following appearances, but I think she showed promise when she finished third behind Founder 50 and Colonel Mustard um, last time out. And uh, I think she, she's not going to be coming over for no reason. We've seen Gavin Cromwell have plenty of success with his Raiders this season so far at Cheltenham. And so I'm really excited about this mare's chances. I think she's going to run very well. Yeah, she looks like uh, she's got some really good form. And yeah, back against her own sex here. Does look to have a leading chance. I thought, though, it was quite competitive and you can make a case for a few. I thought there could be some in here that could be uh, ahead of their marks. I thought Mad About Sally won last time, won well last time out at uh, Chepstow. But this is definitely a deeper contest and... Maybe the race did fall apart that day. I thought Game On for Glory could have a chance as well for Lucy Wadden, is actually from the family of one of my favourite horses at the moment. June Bell, she did really well, I thought, on her chase debut to finish second. She could definitely improve for that run, and the cheap pieces are kept on here. But she does have an entry tomorrow at Warwick, so maybe connections could go there. So just have to keep your eye out on that one. But my main selection is going to be Walking Clover for the Scoutons. I've been quite impressed with how she's been doing it. Uh, this season she's running some good races uh, taking on the boys including last time out when she finished third behind triple trade staying on quite strongly at the end she's actually won up to three miles in her career so she's done quite well I think to be running over two miles and I think the step up and trip will definitely bring a little, a little 
a bit more improvement from her. She's uh, raised a pound for her latest effort. And with Harry Skelton, but I think uh, they're expecting a good run. And I think 13-2 with her Cheltenham form uh, stepping up in trip, I think she could be quite hard to keep out of the frame. So I'm just going to side with Walk in Clover. So that's our thoughts then on uh, the Mayor's Handicap Chase. We then move on to the 225 at Cheltenham. It's the Unibet Middle Distance Chase Series Veterans Handicap Chase over two and a half miles. Ligerian is your favourite who won one, won one of these races last time out at Kempton. He's 10 to 3. We've then got Storm Control at 11 to 2. Sapage has been quite well backed. 15 to 2 from 14s. Go Steady 8 along with Topville Ben and up LEA King. And bigger are the rest. Katie, um, we're used to seeing veteran chases, but over longer distances. This is actually a, a new incentive this year where some horses, as they get older, they, they can't stay the longer trips. It's good to see that they, they, they've created a two and a half mile division. Do, um, who did you like in this one? A bit of a tricky one for me because there's a few horses in here that are old favourites of mine. Sam Brown is very interesting i think in this in a veterans company now um i was really disappointed with him at wincanton though and and i'm just not sure at the moment with him it, it may be that he needed the run um in that race but he's run fairly well fresh in the past so i don't think you could completely excuse it i'm not really sure what was what was wrong on that day and you would imagine that this trip is a bit short for him he hasn't run over the trip uh, for over three years now. So it's, um, yeah, I'm a bit unsure with Sam Brown as well, carrying top weight. Um, but I think you would have to say that he's probably shown the best form out of these um, in in recent times because he, he did go to Punchestown. He looked like winning when he fell in a competitive handicap there. Um, but it's just a tricky one to know whether this drop back in trip is really going to suit him because he's he's really an out and out stayer, isn't he? It's the same for Lord de Manil as well. The fact that it's going to be potentially quite soft there um, would be in Lord de Manil's favour because he, he loves a bit of a slog, but I'm really not sure if it's going to be that testing. And again, I'd say the trip is much too short for Lord de Manil. Uh, he usually would take the national route. Uh, so we've seen him in the Welsh Grand National um, before. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case this year. Um, this could potentially be just the preparation run. Um, but I think it would be, be too short a trip for me to be going with him here. Um, so the one that I'd probably side with is the the horse with the giant ears. And that's Topville Ben, who has Harry Cobden on board. An interesting jockey book in there, which surely has to put a bit in his favour here. He is just such a likeable horse. He always tries his best. And I think he'll be better suited by this trip. Uh, he was third at Leopardstown in, in February behind um, the goth of Gordon Elliott in a grade A handicap chase there. I think on that level of form, it's, it's probably... Um, the best that this field has shown this year. Um, so I think off off a mark of one three five as well. He's off the same mark, and he'd be the one that I'd be going for. Yeah, I'm actually in complete agreement with you, Katie. I I thought this could be the day for Topville Ben 
I expect Nigerian. I thought he won well last time out at uh, a Kempton, but I just think maybe this slightly bigger field might go against him. Sapage is interesting on some of his early form from his career. He's got some really good course and distance form. Has fallen down the, a long way in the weights now to a mark of 137. And I can see why the money's come for him and Venetia's yard are going okay. Um, so got respect to him there with the first time cheap pieces, but he hasn't shown much. I just think Topville Ben, if he gets a bit of a easy lead here and gets into a, a good rhythm, probably be on the front end of things. I think he's got a little bit more toe than some of these. I think some of the horses you mentioned, the, the likes of Lord Zoom and Neil, possibly Sam Brown, Storm Control as well. They might not have the pace over some of these other horses. Um, so for me, I think Topville Ben, the fact that he's already showed he's got the, the pace for two and a half miles, which he ran in the Leopardstown earlier in the year. Um, I think that's definitely, uh, that's definitely going to hold him in good stead. And I think Harry Cobden is a, is a very good jockey booking. So I'm going to be rowing him with you, Katie, for Topville Ben. We're now going to go on to the three o'clock to the Glen Farkless Crystal Cup cross country Handicap chase, 13 runners. Again, a very tough-looking race. Late-night pass is your favourite, 7-2. We've then got Galvin at 5-1, along with Jess Gill. Former Cheltenham Gold Cup winner, Manella Indos at 13-2. Dodero Vallis at 12s. Enjoyed the Len 14s, along with Frankie de Burley. And bigger are the rest. Katie, um, this looks an absolute belter. Plenty of uh, form lines in. Some classy horses, some horses that could have... A lot more to offer over these uh, kind of fences. Um, how did you see this one? Yeah, it looks a really good race. It'll be interesting to see how Manella Indo gets on. He, I think it's fair to say he's kind of lost his way at grade one level um, recently. Hasn't quite been up to standard and looks like he has needed a change, something to, re- to reignite the spark in him and this could well do it. He's a very talented horse, a classy type and if he takes to, to the fences, then he has to be respected. Uh, I think Galvin as well, he has that bit of experience behind him. He could run a big race again, but I'd imagine that they'll be wanting to get a bit more experience in him and aim him at the, the cross country again at the festival and potentially the Grand National again. Uh, I think Gaskiel is very interesting because we've seen him uh, really enjoy the Grand National fences at Aintree. So it'll be a bit different for him now at Cheltenham, different challenge, but he's a horse that, that's on the up for a yard that have been going great guns this season. So he has to be respected. Uh, late night pass as well, we know, loves this um, this course and will surely be going well at, you know, off a good mark of 140. Um, but the horse that, that I really like, and he's a horse I've been following for a couple of years now, and I've really fancied him for the to run a big race in the Grand National, is Enjoy the Len. I think he's in off a good mark here. Um, has had a first run of the season, and I, I just think he's going to love this this test. He's a strong stayer, uh, off a mark of 141 with three pound flamer. Um, taking some some weight off his back, I think he's going to go very well, and he's a lovely price as well at fourteen to one each way. Uh, get the four places. Um, I, I'd imagine he'd be a little bit shorter. Um, and again, maybe they're going to be looking at the Grand National with him, but I see no reason why he shouldn't run a big race here. Uh, so I'm quite keen on enjoy Dalen. 
Okay, enjoy the learning. It's so Katie. Um, I'm in agreement with you, Jess Gill. Um, I think he's got a really good chance. I'll probably put him up on the day. Uh, it just seems like he's going in a upward trajectory. Not only has he got good form uh, over the Grand National fences, but he's also been to France as well and done pretty well over there. And the fences aren't too dissimilar to some of the cross country fences and not like our usual British fences. So, yeah, he's definitely shown a good attitude. And even the form of his win last time out has been franked by by Nassalam and percussion didn't run a bad race either uh, uh, last weekend at Aintree so the form has had a boost and yeah I wouldn't put anyone off Jess Gill but I thought Frankie de Berlay is a, is a horse that I always come to in these races at the moment um, I just thought last time out the ground was a little bit too soft as long as they don't get any more rain and if it was to dry out a little bit I do think 14 to 1 is quite a big price he's actually shown a really good attitude for the cross-country circuit in the last 12 months. He uh, finished fifth behind back on the lash here in January off an uh, £8 higher mark. And even if you go back and watch his run at the festival, I know he refused, but the ground was absolutely bottomless that day. And he was off level weights against the likes of Delta Work and uh, Galvin. And he was up he was up there pretty much until the, to the end, but he just got tired, I think. And he ran a really mighty race. And this obviously being a handicap makes it a little bit more easier for him. I didn't think he ran too badly as well when he finished fourth behind uh, Foxy uh, Jacks. He, he, he was a little bit outpaced, but he did rally to get fourth. So I do think uh, 14 to one, he is a little bit overpriced. And um, yeah, I think he, he could be well worth a go. And if the ground isn't too soft, uh, I quite like his chances to definitely be there or thereabouts. So I'm going to go for Frankie de Berlay in the 3 o'clock. We then go to the last race on the card uh, for Friday, which is the City Post Handicap Hurdle. The 3.35, White Rhino is your favourite here at 3-1 to one for Henry Brook and Ollie Greenall and Josh Guerrero. We then got Bold Endeavour next in at 11-2 along with Gia Name. Captain Morgs, who won this race last year, is 7-1. to one. We've then got Fontana Elisi at 10s, Tiger Jet at 11s, Paracolor at 12s, Bigger are the rest. Um, Katie, again, a, f a few different angles here. We've got some horses that are on an upward curve. We've got some horses that have been holding their form quite well. Um, what did you think of it? Yes, a good little race. My initial thought was Bold Endeavour. Uh, off a mark of 142 with Freddie Gordon claiming five on board. I was quite impressed with him at Haydock in that um, valuable handicap. We finished fifth behind Slate Lane, carrying top weight on that occasion. Um, I think he should run well on the back of that. Um, but we've got Captain Morgs in there as well. Last year's winner, as you mentioned, Chris, off 137. I think three pounds higher than his winning mark last year. Tiger Jet, he ran a good race here um, last month at the November meeting behind Springwell Bay. Uh, and he could go well again. Now only £2 higher, Harry Cobden on board. Um, White Rhino, we know, is good course form too, with that second behind American Sniper. So it's a bit of a tricky one, I think. I'm not sure I'm going to nail my colours to the mask quite yet. I need to have a deeper look into this one because I think you can make a case for probably the first six or seven in the market, uh, which makes for a really good race, quite an open race too. I think if I was forced to pick right now, um, I'd probably be siding with Bold Endeavour. 
just because we know that he stays the trip well and he's run well at the track before too um but i think it it's it's a tricky one oh well even though you're just siding with bold endeavor he's probably actually my strongest fancy for the card on friday um it's not that i'm copying you that's convinced me I, I I thought that some of the other horses were a bit much of the much. Like, yes, they've shown an upward curve, but I thought that race that they finished um, in behind Springwell Bay, I thought I wasn't too sure. I, I'm not sure on the strength of that form. Whereas Bold Endeavour, Freddie Gordon claiming the five pounds. I really like Freddie Gordon from the front. We've seen him do some uh, good turns for us in the past. Uh, wasn't he on the likes of... Orkin risk in the Betfair hurdle. You ride Annual Invictus. Annual Invictus from the front as well. Yeah. I think he's yeah. really good on a front runner, um, especially over hurdles. And I'm expecting Bold Endeavour to be ridden pretty handy here. And I didn't think there was too much pace on. And I just thought that if he could get into a good rhythm, we've seen plenty of horses make all from the front on this hurdle track. And I just thought that we know he's going to stay. And if even if you go back and watch some of his recent efforts, like I went back and watched his fifth at Haydock last time out, and when they're turning into the home straight, you're thinking, God, he's going to be out with the washing, you know, and he's he's going to fall away. But to be fair to him, he did really stick at it, and he's got a really good battling attitude. He rallies really well when under pressure. And I just think at 11 to 2, I mean... Yeah, he's probably about the right price, but I thought from an each way perspective, I thought it could be an each way bet to nothing. You know, I, I'd expect him to be bang there. We know he's got Cheltenham form as well. He finished second over two and a half miles um, back here in April. So I do think he brings some of the best recent form to the table. I like the jockey angle as well. Uh, aggressive front runner. We've already seen him in the winner's enclosure at Cheltenham this season with our champ. I just thought. This uh, this could be a bold endeavours race after some good performances uh, the last couple of times. So I am firmly in the bold endeavour camp. I will um, just say with that race, that Springle Bay run, I thought Tiger Jack ran on strongly. He was a little bit keen early on. Um, but the fact that this is a step up in trip for him, I think it could help him because he does look like a type that's, he does stay well and he looks a progressive type too. Um, like I know he's had a couple of poor runs earlier on in the year, um, but he ran at Haydock over an extended three miles in a, in a stayer's hurdle. And I just think off a mark of 117, he could he could really go well under Harry Cobden. Uh, so from an each-way perspective, I think Tiger Jet has got a good chance. But I'd be with you in agreement with Bold Endeavour. I just think it's a bit trappy because we've got White Rhino in the Captain Morgs. Guillaume for Joe Tizad. Um yeah, they could all play a part too. But I'd be with you in the in the fact that I think Bold Endeavour is probably the way to go with it. But Tiger Jack could be dangerous for the places as well. Yeah, possibly. I just think that a lot of them have got improved massively to 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 kind of get up to the form of Bold Endeavour. I know he looks exposed and the holding the handicapper holds no secrets with him, but sometimes. 
it is the horse you know that's going to run their race more times than not than the nothing comes out on, on top and i know people always want to try and find the improver and to be fair the likes of white rhino fonta elise tiger jet they could all be open to more improvement but i think they've got a bit of a mountain to climb um to, to get to, to bold endeavors kind of level so for me i think uh, freddie gordon if he can get an easy lead he just could be too hard to peg back and uh, he might just be able to outstay all of these so I'm firmly as Keith said with Bold Endeavour we then move on uh, now uh, to Saturday's card at Cheltenham the first race we're going to look at is the 115 it's a quintessentially handicapped chase Coleco is your favourite at 7-4 we then got N Excelsis Dio at 2-1 to all can risk a podcast favourite at sixes. Fernando Civiler at sevens. Prince Escalus at nines. Mirada twelves. Bigger are the rest. Katie Calico, he's a great horse for the skeletons. He often tries his heart heart out. You know, he, he put out to John Bomb once. Um, do we think that this could be his day to to get his head in front? Yeah, it could well be. It could well be. I have it between Coleco and Orkin Risk, and I just think at the prices I'd be wanting to side with Orkin Risk. As you say, he's no favourite of us, of ours on the podcast. He's done us a few favours in the past, uh, and I think this will suit him very much. So I'm keen to keep him on side. Okay, Orkin Risk it is for Katie. Just be a little bit worried about Chris Gordon form at the moment. Quite a few of the horses have been running a little bit below par even though he's obviously been a, a good servant for the yard I, I just wonder maybe if his best days are behind him I just thought this could be Calico's race to win I think that form of triple trade is pretty decent um, we know he likes to track I think as long as the ground isn't too testing I think 7-4 to four isn't a bad price and I, I think he's the most likely horse to win so I, I'm going to why, go why do you think Orkabisk's best days are behind him I can see the case for or can risk but to be fair I just wonder if his best days are behind him now he's off a mark of one four two, um, which I, I do think is maybe a little bit on the high side for him and he's had a few hard races now and the, the yard aren't in great form so I would be keen to to swerve him here but I do think Coleco is quite a solid option if you want to go down the favourite route I just thought his second last time out over this course and distance was a really good run. As I said earlier, he got John Bond off the bridle once. He's always a hardy horse. He's a good jumper of a fence. I just think that uh, this could be his day, and I think it's going to cut up as well. I could definitely see this maybe being a, a five, six runner field. Currently eight runners at the time recording. So I'm just going to side with Coleco. But uh, Katie's, uh, um, she's in despair with my thoughts on Orkham Risk there. You're being harsh on Orkin Risk. He's only a seven-year-old. Maybe I am being a little bit harsh, but he's probably in a little bit between a rock and a hard place where the fact he mixes it up over hurdles and fences, even though he's been a great horse for connections, he's probably just a little bit high in the weights at the moment. He was only a length behind Boot Hill last year. Yeah, he, he was only a length, and he, and he put it right up. I mean, he won the better for hurdle, for goodness sake, you know. Like, I mean, he's got plenty of good good form in the book. Yeah, he did me a good turn on that day, because we had the Chris Gordon double with Anion Invictus and Orkin Rick. They were, both, were they both double-figure prices? Yeah, I was actually in the I, bet When I put box. them up. 
Betfair that box that thing. day. Had it right off. I think I had about three or four winners that day. I remember yeah. back in the horse in the bumper of uh, Ben Brookhouse. And yeah, yeah that, that was a really good day. But yeah, I love Orkin Risk, but I'm just talking from a from a cynical point of view here, uh, being cold and calculated. I just wonder, is this race maybe going to be a little bit too tough for him? Obviously, he's got the back class, but he hasn't really shown it too much so far this season. And maybe he needs to come down a couple of more pounds by the handicapper. So I'm going to go for Calico, but uh, Katie's going to be sticking with Orkin Risk. We then move on to the 150, which is the Virgin Bet December Gold Cup handicap chase. A cracking renewal, this looks to be. Thunder Rock is a favourite, 7 2. We've then got Mon Morale at 6 1. So Scottish at 6 as well. Iridita at 7. Fugitive at 8. Fakadudaries, who could be top weight at 9 1 if he runs. Easy as that, 10s. Ferrari Bamboo, 12s. Bigger are the rest. Katie, there's a few horses we've backed in here in the past. Uh, are we going to be sticking with some of the the, the, the loyal favourites? Yeah, I think I will be. Uh, my initial thought is Il Ridotto because I put him up in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. He ran really well to finish third. Uh, he was well behind his stable mate Stage Star, but Stage Star is a, is a grade one horse now, isn't he? He's, to be fair, I think I haven't given Stage Star the respect he deserved in the past, but I don't think you can knock him after that performance. Um, but Il Ridotto, he just loves it around Cheltenham. He always runs well here. He'll he'll stay on well at the finish coming up that hill. Um, and I and I think he's got a good chance of making the frame once again. I'm just not sure. He's five to one in places, and it it would be a little bit short for me. Um, but. I think he could perhaps drift a little bit because I see Bryony Frost is chopped up here indicating that he is going to be the second string um, behind Mon Morale. Would you agree with me in that sense? Yeah. Yeah, so Mon Morale, I think he's a stunning horse. He's one of the most beautiful horses I've seen, but I just haven't been convinced with him over fences yet. Uh, you know, to be fair to him, he has been running against the likes of John Bond, the real whacker, Jerry Colomb. But I, I think he has a little bit to prove and this could be a bit too competitive for him and maybe a little bit too tricky um, at this stage in his career. Il Ridotto, with the experience, especially at the course, he's a tough little horse and he would be the one that I'd be siding with. So I just have my doubts over a couple of Thunder Rock as well. He could well be a graded horse in handicap company here. But he's one that's hasn't quite convinced me over fences. He has been better recently, but he, he can make a mistake or two. And although he's got a big engine, I would just it would just slightly be in the back of my head um that he is susceptible to the odd mistake. Whereas Il Ridotto, I just feel, is a solid each race selection. Hopefully, he does drift a little bit. Um, and I think he make a very good bet then. Okay, Il Ridotto. It's going to be for Katie. Uh, I quite like one in here at a bit of a price. Um, just knowing if he's going to get declared or not. Because he does have an entry in the last race we spoke about. But... Uh, the reason I didn't speak about him because I'm praying that he's going here. 
And that's a horse called Madara, which is a little bit left field, I'm not going to lie. But I, I just think he's interesting because since joining Sophie Leach, he's run twice at Cheltenham. The first time he unseated his ride behind Dancing on My Own when he was still in the mix. It was a bit too early to rule out to see where he would have finished that day. But then last time out, he finished sixth behind Triple Trade in that race with Coleco. And to be fair, he wasn't far off the pace for a long way that day. But he just kind of got a little bit outpaced, I thought, in the running. And if you go back and watch the replay, I I was convinced he was probably going to finish well behind them. I mean, I know he's finished sixth and a half lengths behind him, but he did rally quite well in the closing stages, suggesting that a step up and trip might really suit him. And if you look at through some of his form in France, he's actually run quite well over two and a half miles, especially with a little bit of easier ground. So if it is testing at the weekend, I think that's definitely going to suit him. He won a race at Compiègne in France, which has worked out quite well. Um, two horses from that have won a listed chase over in France in a grade three. So... By no means it's necessarily bad form. And he's now down to a mark of 130. And it's interesting that he's in there. Connections won this race with Warthog a few years ago. And four-year-olds have got a good record in this race as well. They've won it twice in the last four year- years. So, yeah, he'll probably be out of the weights if, if he was declared here and, and Fakir did turn up. But I just thought 33 to 1. I thought it was a little bit of an eye-catching run last time out, the way that he rallied up the hill. And, um, yeah, I just think the step-up and trip could could bring a little bit more improvement from him and he's got a little bit of course experience now so with all that in into in the bargain i just thought 33 to 1 could be a little bit of a big price might not be good enough to win but he could definitely be there or thereabouts maybe for a place uh, if he if he does run here so madara is definitely one i'll be keeping an eye on to see if he gets in the decks on uh, thursday morning so that's uh my thoughts there with uh, madara so we move on now to the 225 um it's the favorite from the sun now daily handicap chase over three miles to furlongs broadway boy is your favorite six to one for the twist and davises we've then got inch house next in the betting at seven to one city chief at eights melina girl at eights as well three under through five at tens protector at uh elevens easy as that is in here as well as the december gold cap at 12s elvis male at 12s bigger are the rest katie it's pretty hard to to find the winner of this race at the moment with the fields the way they are but uh, is this race you had a particularly strong opinion on yeah this is the kind of race that i'm gonna have to wait until final declarations and see who's in there um but once i definitely be interested in um melina girl broadway boy uh inch house i think probably have to be interested in as well on, on recent form um i'm a big fan of houston texas as well I think the problem is if Protectorat is declared and Harry Skelton is dropped up on here, it leaves a fair few of them out of the weights and then you think maybe they're unlikely to take their chance. I think my strongest fancy at the moment would be Melina Girl, although she does have an £11 rise to contend with after her win, her 10 lengths win over Cloudy Glen here. Um, last month I think she's a a mare on the up she's only a six-year-old thinks she's capable of showing further progression and she'd be the one that I'd be willing more inclined to stick with at the moment but I can't get Broadway Boy's performance um, out of my head either that 20 lengths win over we've all been caught 
so mightily impressive having previously finished second to Florian Porter um, who as we know is a very good horse in his own right so he definitely interests me too so I'd be between Melina Girl Broadway Boy we've spoken a lot about three under through five in the past Chris and he used to be one of my favourites I'd have a lot of time for this horse and this is a second run after wind surgery so definitely the time to catch him but I still think he's he isn't really well handicapped. I would love to see him off a lower mark on one of these big handicaps because I think he'd have an, an amazing chance. But off 150, he's three pounds up for his second behind Blackjack uh, Magic in the Badger Bay. And I, I, I just think it's one, off 150, it's still too high for him to, to be winning a race like this for me. Um, so I'll be avoiding him. Although if Protector Rat does run, you know, he isn't carrying as hefty a weight as he would be. But still, I would just have slight concerns. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you through three under three five. I know I was with him at Wincant in the last time out. And to be fair, he didn't run a bad race. But I just think that was his day if he was ever going to win one of these big staying handicap chases. I just think, as you say, he's handicapped to the hill, 150 it's probably where his true rating really is and it's just hard for him to, to get his head in front and the handicapper knows where he is I thought as you said Broadway boy was really interesting maybe the race did fall, fall apart last time when he won at Cheltenham but he's a horse that's just on such an upward trajectory he would run in here off the mark of 146 and I just like the way that he, he just keeps on improving Nigel Tristan Davis's team have been in really good form and I just think there's a there's a lot to like about him. Um, some of the others in here, Inch House, I'm not sure if he would run. Maybe that race would just come a little bit too sh- soon. City Chief is a horse that's consistent, but again, like three under through five is is probably got the handicapper's measure. Protector out is interesting, but I just wouldn't fancy him off a mark of one six five after quite a hard race. Um, and yeah, then you're looking at some of the others. Got a pen colon, just drifted in the bet, and it's a horse I like, but will he run here? Who knows? Yeah, it's one of them that I think you're just going to have to sit and, and see what gets declared. But Broadway Boy is definitely high up on the short list, obviously, his favourite, but uh, yeah, he could still um, be on an upward trajectory. And yeah, six to one, I doubt that price will last if he does get declared. So I'm, uh, I'm in the Broadway Boy camp as it stands. We then move on to the three o'clock to the Albert Butler Novices Hurdle, registered as the Bristol Novices Hurdle. It's a grade two, and Shannon Bob is your favourite two to one. We've then got Destroy the Evidence at five to one, Eloko Ducott at sevens, uh, Cadell at eight, as along with Dripsy Moon and Bigger are the rest. Katie, again, there's quite a few horses in here that haven't really shown their hands yet, could be open to a lot more improvement. Is there anything you liked in here? Did you thought Shanahan Bob was the, was a worthy favourite? Well, he's very interesting. Cost 200000 um at last year's December Tattersall's uh, sales. So he comes into the race with a big reputation. Um, so I think he's probably short enough. Um, sort of favourite chance. And if he bolted up, would we be surprised? Probably not. Um, but I had a look through a few of these horses and I, I quite like the profile of the John McConnell trained horses. So if 
if any one of the three that are entered turn up, I think I'd be quite keen to keep them on side. The one that interested me the most was Dripsy Moon, um, who's around an eight to one shot currently. I think he has some nice form, especially from the point to point days as well. Um, was successful in two points at points and placed in two others. I think he's quite an interesting one here. Um, won his maiden hurdle and then finished second to Cadell in a novice hurdle at Calso. Quite interested in him. Um, and also Illico Decott for Dan Skelton, around a seven to one shot, I'm seeing. Um, beat Water Johnny by 12 lengths in a point to point, finished second in his uh, his hurdling debut, um, but possibly one that could be capable of further improvement. So maybe two against the favourite there, perhaps from an each way perspective. Okay, John McConnell forces Katie will be watching um, on Saturday. Uh, I thought Carrie Hill could be interesting here for Ruth Jefferson. Adam Wedge already jocked up. A beat horse of Lucinda Russell's, who's could reoppose here with Cadell. I quite like the the way they they both did it, and I I'm guessing it might not be a, a bad race at Kelso, even though it was only a five runner race. It might work out quite well. Um, it's just interesting that they spent a lot of money uh, on this horse from Ruth Jefferson's point of view. They spent hundred and fifteen thousand, and I quite like Ruth as a trainer. Obviously, she took over. The license from her dad Malcolm after he uh, passed away a few years ago but uh, the the horses that do pass through her hands uh, they're no mugs and this looks an interesting one um, he won a point to point um, as well over in Ireland so he's definitely got the the attitude for stamina and he's around about a 12 to 1 chance at the moment it's interesting they've got Adam Wedge booked up obviously you have to see if he runs but I'm quite intrigued to see how he gets on because I do think he, he could be a horse that uh, could uh, could be one to follow in, in the coming years. So that that's Kerry Hill, but obviously need to see if he gets declared. We then go into the last race we're going to talk about at Cheltenham, which is the Virgin Bet Everyday Saturday Money's but Money Back Mayor's Handicap Hurdle, and Lucia is your favourite three to one. We then got Alfie's Princess and Exit at fives, Botanay six to one, Theatre Glory at sevens, Calic at eights, Winter the Lightning eights, and uh, bigger are the rest. Katie, again, a very competitive-looking handicap. Lucia is a horse that I know you've got a soft spot for. Uh, if she does turn up here, would you be siding with her? Yes, definitely. I love Lucia. She ran so well here um, last month as well. So I think she's the class of the field, and I'd be really keen to keep her on side. I think she's much better than she's shown recently. I think she has a hard time from some critics. Um She's had excuses, but she's been she's been running well behind you wear it well in the pocket. I buried her lord last time. Um I'm really excited for the future with her and I'm be keen to keep her on side wherever she goes. Yeah, I mean that form is already starting to look quite nicely from uh, third last time out in the Great Woods. Son of Gino went and won at Aintree last week, so it's good to see that form get boosted. I remember a few years ago a horse of uh, Henderson's called Damned a Company actually won this race. And then the same season, she went on to win the, the Coral Cup at the Cheltenham Festival. So maybe it's one we've got to keep an eye on. I'm going to be looking at Henderson's other runner in the race, Theatre Glory. She's one of my favourites. Uh, she would have to carry top weight off a marker 143. But uh, again, if that man, Freddie Gordon, is around, 
and they, they, they take his claim off, maybe get five, seven pound claimer on. I think she could be quite interesting. She's had some hard tasks um, on some of her recent starts, but I mean, her fur behind Napa's Hill last season at Sandown is pretty good. Um, she's got good form at Cheltenham as well, previous course and distance winner. Um, I just think coming back into handicap company could suit her. And yes, she might not have miles in hand, from 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 the handicapper, but I just thought uh, this could be a race where class prevails and uh, fit of glory at uh, seven to one currently. Um, I just thought if she's anywhere near that kind of price on the day, she could be quite interesting. But again, uh, another one we we need to watch out for the deck. So that rounds off the main races from Cheltenham this weekend. Katie, is there anything else that caught your eye that uh, you wanted to talk about? Well, I think we could go through every race on on the card on Friday and Saturday because there's so many great horses out. In the first race on Friday, uh, the 12.05 Novices Hurdle is very interesting, but beat the bat, Kintail, Meatloaf, Enos, all declared. We were talking about this earlier, Chris, and I think although Enos probably on paper brings the best form into the race in terms of her form figures, um, I think we're both keen to take her on. Beat the Bat, Meatloaf, both very interesting contenders. They could play a big part in that race. Um, I'm not sure who I'd be siding with because I think both could be very competitive. And Kintail as well, as we mentioned earlier, Nicky Henderson's horse could improve massively too. Very interesting race. The 12.40 then, the Novices Chase. Grey Dawning really impressed me at Haydock last time. Um, I thought it was a massive performance from him. He's taken on Crabilly, who was really unlucky um, at Cheltenham when he fell, when he looked like to be travelling the strongest of all in, in that field. Uh, it'll be an interesting matchup between them two. And then we've got the handicap hurdle at 1.15 also on Friday. Caleb's been running well for Amy Murphy this season. Two seconds, 20 to one shot. I think they could be worse each way shouts um, than him. Also Donican there for Nigel Hawke, another who's been in good form two um, but they're going to have to beat Doddy the Great of Nicky Henderson's really the builder who was well fancied last time out could only manage fourth um, but the one I, I quite like and I've been impressed with is Go Dante he's making his second run after a wind operation for Ollie Murphy Sean Bowen uh, who's clearly in electric form this year um, finished sixth behind Iberico Lord 15 lengths off um, at Cheltenham last month uh, in the Greatwood, he was around forty to one, I think, the night before, and he went off at sixteen to one. I think he ran a massive race, and now you know, he's dropping in grade, um, dropping in class massively, actually down to class three company. I think he could be could be win with a big chance here. He's around seven to one, um, so I'll be interested to see how he gets on too. Okay, there are a few to watch out from Katie. I'm in agreement with you. For the first race at Cheltenham, Dysart Enos um, is actually taking a walk in the market as we speak. It was is now five to two, was six to four about an hour ago when we were previewing this race. But yeah, she 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 was um, at Huntington last time out when she won on her hurdles debut, and even though she was a one seven shot and she comfortably won in the end, I just wasn't that impressed by her jumping. I was there that day and. She made quite a few mistakes on 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 the back straight there, and she was quite novicey. Now she's entitled to improve that. She gets the mare's allowance, but uh, I'm I'm not that I wasn't that impressed with her, and I just think she's 
just a classy horse and the fact that she's got a big engine. But I think uh, if a uh, jumping came under pressure i would really worry about it so for me i'll be quite keen to take her on beat the bat as you mentioned is interesting kintail meatloaf mixture even for, for, for phil kirby you know um didn't run too badly uh behind baby kate um in the bumper which has already started to work out from cheltenham last time out so i do think uh she's not got much to find with dice enos obviously she hasn't jumped hurdle yet in public but um is very interesting and is run about 20 to 1 mark so i do think she's overpriced and in the 115 i thought you mentioned the horse willie the builder was interested in handicap company off a mark of 125 was really well fancied um at cheltenham back at the october meeting uh when uh finishing fourth behind camasina so we've already seen that form boosted because uh, he went on to win a, a listed race at uh, Haydock. I just thought he was interested in handicap company now, and he could be maybe one that could kick on. So, yeah, I think he would be interested on the day as well, Willie the Builder. But, yeah, plenty uh, of horses you could get stuck into this weekend at Cheltenham. And, yeah, hopefully we found you some winners on the podcast this week. So that's all uh, for this episode. Thanks again to Katie. Hopefully uh, we pointed you in the direction of some winners this weekend. Please remember to gamble responsibly. You can follow us on the old social media platforms. We're on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll be seeing you again soon. (laughs) 